0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: But to kick us off, and I do want your calls after we've spoken to this uh, gentleman. I've known him for a little while, and he's written this wonderful piece. He is the founder of the spin-off. This is on NZR Plus and how we might be watching our rugby, and he joins us now. Welcome in, Duncan Greve. Kia ora, Thanks for having me. Um, It's very, very interesting, may I say, that uh, what we might be looking at in the future of how we might be watching our rugby, um, stories behind rugby, this NZR Plus. In your basic vocabulary, can you tell us what this may look like in the next couple of years?
0: Yeah, well, probably the best place to start is what it will look like immediately and then move into what it would look like further down the track. So, I, you know, a source familiar with the project told me that when it starts, and it will start before this year's World Cup, so it's coming very quickly. It will basically be a, a home for behind-the-scenes footage, really a lot of the kind of things you might already see on social media, and you'll have to register to view it. So you know, you think a few fans um, and a lot of um, you know kids might might sign up to, to watch that. But the real end game is actually a few years out when. Uh, their, their current Sky Deal expires, and, and it's by no means certain that, that, that they do this in New Zealand, but certainly it's very likely that they do it overseas uh, when they will start to sell uh, live and archive footage of all Blacks, Blackburns, uh, you know, New Zealand Seven teams uh, to direct to the audience through, through a platform called NZR+.
1: So at the moment with Sky as the broadcaster I'm thinking if the UK <clears throat> excuse me if the UK want to watch the game they give Sky television some money to take their pictures into their countries around the world is that is that how it's set up now
0: I think you that Sky has the rights for New Zealand and the New Zealand rugby would sell the rights to the New Zealand-based games, uh separately to, to a UK broadcaster. But there probably is a, a, a revenue share with Sky in return for, you know, if, if the UK broadcaster doesn't send the commentary team, then they'll take the Sky package. And I think that's actually quite a, a crucial part of it, that even if New Zealand rugby were to start selling the game direct to fans, um, here or overseas, you probably wouldn't want New Zealand rugby employing the commentators because it would get very, uh, you know, you're very familiar with with the kind of um, fairly bland commentary you get when when everyone's on the same team, effectively. So, you know, there's likely still a role for a broadcaster in there. It's just the extent of the role. And, you know, for example, there might be a scenario where Sky retained the rights to New Zealand but, the, but New Zealand Rugby can sell a separate package as well, or Sky retains the rights to New Zealand, but uh, New Zealand Rugby, NZR Plus, is available in all over the world outside of, say, Australia, France, the UK. It's a really big rugby market.
1: So there's a potential that income from broadcast uh, capabilities with Sky could go down?
0: Yeah, you think, if, I mean, if you're Sky and, and you know, you'll, you'll want to hold on to basically anything. Ideally, you, you keep the, the same situation as you have now. But say, um, you know, say, say New Zealand rugby opts to split the rights. You know, new, you know, even TVNZ news came out last week that it's launching a new sports hub. Maybe it wants to put some games on free-to-air to make them more accessible to people. Maybe it wants to let Sky keep selling through its uh, services, but it also wants to have its own in competition. Well, Sky might say, we'll, we'll pay you for that. We just won't pay you as much. And, uh, and that's, kind of, I think, probably the world that we're heading into is a bit more of a fragmented world where the same product can be accessed a few different ways.
1: So a few years ago, or not that many years ago, Sky, sorry, New Zealand Rugby bought into Sky. Um, should that have been a precursor to what's going on now or is that completely separate? I mean, that
0: was, I sometimes think that that's been misconstrued a bit. It's less about New Zealand rugby buying into Sky than Sky giving them some shares as a way of trying to make the relationship closer and more sticky. Um, You know, like it it was, was, I think it was very much Sky, you know, part of Sky's thinking um, in that respect. So, you know, like, and and people have said, why, why would New Zealand rugby undermine Sky? They're a shareholder in it. But the. The value of their shares in Sky is comparatively low compared to the income that they get from right. New Zealand, uh, for, you know, from Sky, and furthermore, that the the people who made that deal in 2019, it's a, a different group in charge now, um, both in terms of New Zealand rugby, but particularly in terms of Silver Lake, who are the really the people driving this. They're a giant global investment company with a lot of sports investments and. This really is their playbook. We're starting to see, um, you know, after the big, you'll remember the big Silver Lake deal last year. This is the first kind of glimpse of it in a kind of strategic way, I think.
1: The, the good thing out of this, uh, in my first scan of us, is probably going to address one of my criticisms that we, we are kept at arm's length. We, being the media, and therefore we're the conduit to the fan. Uh, the viewer, the listener, and we don't hear anything and we're we're kept in the dark. Is this an opening of the doors, letting us somewhat into the inner sanctum of the the behind-the-scenes stuff to give us a better understanding and therefore develop a better connection?
0: Well, I think that's a really good and interesting question, and and it really depends on how they execute it. You'll remember a few years ago, uh, Amazon Prime did a sort of what was supposed to be a Watson and all behind-the-scenes view of the All Blacks that was pretty roundly panned by, by people who saw it, which wasn't all that many, because it really didn't feel like it revealed a whole lot. And there has been a long, for a long time, the sense that New Zealand rugby and the All Blacks in particular have, you know, have basically been fairly cynical about the right of, of media or fans to kind of get a real sense of, you know, who who the All Blacks are and that they, they haven't said a lot when they've been interviewed and so on. And I think the big thing that's changed there is the rise of... Um, you know, tried to survive the, the F1 series on Netflix, which has been a sensation and has really changed the, the, the scale and scope of F1 in, in the US in particular. And now everyone looks at that and says, well, actually, that's the model. And if you want to do it, you actually have to really show what's going on, show the conflicts and so on. So it depends on how they execute it. I've never seen New Zealand rugby create compelling content um, outside of the games themselves. I just don't think that they know how to do it or even want to do it particularly. But uh, Silver Lake will push them very hard there because if you look at some of the other things they're invested in, particularly the likes of the UFC, NBA, they're just real masters at creating um, content that that actually gets people really interested and engaged.
1: This could make some of the, uh, what's the polite word, long-term Staff at New Zealand Rugby Union a little bit uneasy who have been comfortable behind their um, impenetrable doors?
0: Yeah, potentially. I think that this is an organisation, you know, remember that has a very complicated ownership structure, a very unconventional one by by sports organisation standards, and that it is actually owned by the rugby clubs of, of, you know, the, the rugby unions of New Zealand, sorry. And that means that it doesn't behave like a, an ordinary commercial organisation might. It can't be as dynamic. It has to bring a lot of what are some sort of, you know, provincial and conservative institutions along with it. So sometimes I think it can be a bit hard for us to kind of, you know, understand that from the outside of all those forces acting on New Zealand rugby. But, you know, the, this to me is really where they need to be going. You know, I think for a long time we've said, oh, the, you know, the old Max brand is fantastic. And and it and it is, but, Really, everything apart from the All Blacks brand kind of suffered by the emphasis that was placed on it. And I think products like this allow you to have more diversified, more diversified revenue, and to get a real sense of, you know, how the, the how fans respond to a, a broader set of, of teams and, and products. So, you know, it's it's taken them a while, but it does look like they're starting to move in the same direction, to me.
1: Uh, we're talking to Duncan Greve, founder of The Spin-Off. Last thing, Duncan, I know the listeners will want to know, what do you think it will mean for them, how much they're going to have to spend to continue watching rugby? And I know it's early days and we don't know how it's going to land in the fullness of time, but the Sky broadcast deal comes to an end at the end of 2025, which will be upon us before we know. Do you think we might have to pay more or we'll pay more and get more access? How do you think it will fall?
0: Well, it, it is a bit hard to know because when you look at the similar products that uh, Silver Lake has, has rolled out around the world or some of the things it's invested in, you know, you, you can get access to Manchester City or to the New York Knicks for pretty affordable prices by comparison to, to Sky. You know, we're talking like, you know, 8 or, or $10 a month kind of thing. But they are dynamically a bit different. They're one team in a big league, uh, you know, where, where the, you know, so it's, it's a little bit different to the, the sort of scale and importance of the All Blacks to this organisation. I would think that if it were to be fully rolled out, it probably would be a little bit above that. But I think the most likely thing, if I had to pick, is that there actually won't be a product that's aimed at or available to New Zealanders in the first instance, I think. Sky will have at least one, one other go on it because if you're Sky and you lose the All Blacks, do you still have a business? I'm not sure that you do. So they're incentive to really pay almost whatever it takes. So we're saying the rights is, is pretty strong. So it's more about All Black and Black and Blackburn fans around the world who right now maybe they, you know, it might be quite hard or even impossible for them to, to watch games, but they've got this, you know, almost like a Netflix-type subscription might be ten or fifteen dollars a month that they can um, watch a whole bunch of games from anywhere in the world, and that'll be a pretty great way for New Zealand Rugby to recognise and monetise that uh, that global distributed fan base.
1: And and finally, do you think that it's just black jersey stuff, so all blacks, black ferns, all black sevens, or will it be Super Rugby? Will it be NPC, Farah Palmer Cup, Super Rugby Opicky? Do you think it'll reach that far?
0: So my understanding, based on you know a conversation with someone familiar with the project, is that it is about the teams in black. Um, that's that's the phrase they use. So my thinking is that it would initially be that. However, they might well you know look to launch. You know, once they've proved this, once they've proven the technology, and they've got a uh, sort of an audience that are into it, why wouldn't you sell a super rugby product? Why wouldn't you sell an NPC product? Um, maybe it's an add-on. Maybe it's maybe you can buy the provincial and and Super Rugby level things separately. But really, this is the start of them learning how to sell not to a giant broadcaster who then takes the risk on the outside, but direct to the fans themselves, so that they, you know, uh, that New Zealand Rugby itself starts to own a lot more of that relationship and and ultimately the the profit they can make on the back of it.
1: Duncan Grieve, brilliant. Thanks for the explanation. Um, it's very much a watch this space, but uh, my first reaction is I think it's going to be a good thing as long as it's not too bloody expensive. <laughs> Thank, thanks heaps for joining us today. No, no, no problem at all. Thanks, Beth. There is Duncan Grieve. Um, interesting, eh? Um, it's going to change, but not rapidly. I feel like it's not going to be a rapid change. Um, more access to behind the scenes, more access to, can we call it like human interest stories? I think that's a good thing. Um, And really that that drive to survive Netflix documentary has changed expectation of public and it's increased engagement of public and we've since seen full swing with golf. We've seen the tennis one. Um, They've done a Six Nations one that hasn't come out yet. I'm two and a half episodes into the Tour de France one which came out last week on Netflix it's brilliant it's brilliant and I am genuinely excited that this will expand reach and conversations about the game of rugby uh, emanated from New Zealand Um, so that's a good thing what are your reactions off the back of that chat with Duncan Greve love to hear your comments 0800 150 And if you were on the advisory board, what sort of content do you think you'd like to see? And then we've got some good business minds out there as well, as well as rugby fans, etc. cetera. Uh, Ken Texton's saying, Steffi, did you see the sky-viewing figures of last weekend's Super and NRL games? Uh, and they've been similar all season. Very interesting. It is. Um, interesting to me, Ken, because about... I'm going to say five, six years ago, Super Rugby ratings far outweighed the NRL. And now if you're saying there's parity, um, so there has been a shift. There has been a shift. Anyway, 0800 Love to hear your reaction.